Hey guys, welcome to Gino's Golden Tea Podcast. I am the Alpha, Chris Long Gino, recording here from beautiful Greenville, South Carolina. Here on a Wednesday morning, finally uh, getting this podcast out. Um, I recorded with Joel Wilburn uh, last week. He is one of six members of League Council on for Golden Tea Mobile, the league. Started last Friday, tried to get it up by last Friday, but unfortunately... Um, my stepson had to buckle down and finish his summer school, um, which was, uh, taken away from any kind of productivity I could have been, uh, which is funny to me. Summer school used to be a penalty. Like you actually had to go to a school. You had to sit in class till noon. Yeah, I did it once. Um, but now, you know, you could sit here and have the prices right on or whatever the hell. And, you know. You buckle down, you do summer school. Anywho, enough about my life. Joel Wilburn joined me last week. Uh, We had some uh, conversations about the league and uh, his experiences with Arcade a little bit. Um, Wasn't my best podcast. I had a couple distractions going on that night. But uh, we got some good information out and uh, got some good information for the league too, uh, which I've uh, also joined as well. And uh, I encourage, uh, it's a little bit, I think, on the next podcast with uh, I do with Joel, and I think I'm going to try to have Josh, too. Uh, let's get some better, uh, or not some better, but just some explanation on, you know, on recording, at least, of, uh, you know, your entry into this league. If this is your first time, there's, you know, there's some things that you got to do first, and it can be... Uh, it can be a bit challenging, but once you get it down and get all the matches going, it, it rolls It rolls pretty smoothly. But we'll talk about that next time. Uh, but here's Joel now. So, Joel Wilburn from Golden T-Mobile, the league. And we're back talking a little bit of Golden T-Mobile. Happy to have one of the six members serving on league council for Golden T-Mobile, the league, starting season seven, July 30th. It's coming up soon. I'm going to play right. in it. I'm coming to play in it, too. Uh, Joel Wilburn joins me. How, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing tonight, Gino? I, I'm doing good, man. And, uh, you know, I, I'm interested in – I keep dabbling in this mobile thing, and uh, this is just a whole new different community than I deal with in the arcade side. Um, just uh, tell me where it found you first, real quick. Yeah, for sure. So um, my brother-in-law in in Christmas of 2019, um, I knew he was into Golden Tee and liked to play and he was playing on his iPad. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. This is different. (laughs) I never got into Golden Tee because I just uh, didn't have much opportunity to make it out to the bars and actually play the game and and never really touched it. But I liked, I liked games, liked mobile games. So I picked it up and um, I would say it was probably within two weeks that I was on the Facebook page watching Mike Smith's videos, just fully hooked on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, how long was it after when it dropped? I mean, how how long would you say? Like after when you know, the app uh, Yeah, so I'm I'm not real clear on exactly when the app started. So I believe that that was probably a couple of months after the beta test ended. Is I'm pretty sure I was not in there early enough to, to be with the beta testing group, but it was pretty fresh at that point. Definitely was no competitive scene in mobile. Whenever I started playing. Chad, Chad kind of told me, uh, when we were had on our last podcast was, uh, you were, you were the advocate for discord. You, you were, he told me you were the guy, or at least uh, maybe you and Josh Simmons as well, but, he, yeah. he, he referenced you. He, he referenced you to be the, the guy that said, hey, we need to move this to Discord. Just can, can, can we give a broad explanation to my listeners that really don't understand Discord? Because it's been just a learning experience for me. But just, you know, and what it's meant to the mobile so far. For sure. So I, um, I was not an avid Discord user whenever I recommended it. I have used it some. It's a... Um, 
you know, it's a it's an app similar to Slack or or GroupMe. They, they you know they have kind of some similarities there, but it's really geared towards gaming. That's what its design was. That's what they created it for was for gamers to be able to talk to one another um, about their hardcore gaming communities, basically. And um, we were organizing the league at that point through Facebook, and so we had a bunch of people who didn't use Facebook or didn't want the real names tied to it. We were having to manually start a whole bunch of Facebook messenger group threads and it was just clunky. Uh, it worked really well for 30, 40, 50 people. But once it jumped up to that level of like a hundred plus, then that's when we really realized we needed something else that had some more organization and a lot more options to it. And I think Chad And it's really, and it's grown a lot. Like it's, it's really, changed from, hey, we need a better way to talk to each other to organize the league into just having its own community that lives outside of the Facebook group. Well, take me into that a little bit, Joel, because that, that, what, just take me into, I guess that was last Friday or Saturday, there was a pretty good group on Discord. Just walk me through, what's an experience like with that? Yeah, for sure. So there's really two aspects to Discord. One is just text and so like we've got for example a world qualifier 2021 thread and it's full of the people who are trying to qualify for worlds they're just talking back and forth about you know what kind of course mixes they're seeing and and when they frustrated because they dropped a shot when they shouldn't have or excited because they got an 18 under or whatever it is yeah and then the other aspect to discord is um audio and video chat and so that that was really Discord's big selling point. What they really found it on was audio chat. So you could be playing your um, Xbox Live game and it filled in a gap that maybe the Xbox Live party audio chat didn't do. You could include people that weren't playing the game with you. You might have five people on your Xbox Live party chat, but on Discord, you could have 25 people or wow. 200 people. And what it's really allowed us to do with Golden Tea is allow people to get out of, uh, particularly with mobile and particularly during COVID, where people didn't see each other in person. We didn't know what each other sounded like or looked like or anything. Okay. It gave us an avenue to then jump on and actually get a lot more personal than just chatting through Facebook posts or threads. And so I would say about once a week, um, somebody jumps on, it's super quick, you can share your iPad screen, and somebody just starts playing contests, and they just tell people, hey, I'm on if you want to chat, and people will jump in, and it, it takes completely different forms. Um, sometimes there's no golden tea talk whatsoever, and there's just somebody playing while everybody just talks crap, and then sometimes there's a bunch of people trying to help the person who's playing and really walk them through setups and what they would do and they really collaborate on stuff yeah i mean give me a number of people that would be talking like if i'm playing a game and you guys are watching i mean how many people are just trying to get in my ear and you know talk to me so there's usually two or three guys that are actively chatting at a time and there's usually anywhere from eight to 12 or 15 that are kind of hanging out and people kind of come and go and it's you know it's just kind of like having and just an open call and people kind of hop on and off as they're as they're you know have time and that's what i kind of did recently mike uh mike errington who has a home edition in the arcade side and uh nate stowell uh they're mm -hmm. discord users for uh the arcade side and i was basically i i somehow was able to sign on him because i had my mic here and i i had nothing but a a I guess a discord logo because I didn't have any kind of camera going or anything. And I got to watch right. them and talk to them while they were playing the game. And I was like, man, all right, this is cool. And I imagine how yeah. people could, uh, could translate that, especially into mobile. Uh, yeah. And I know, I know on the arcade side, I know uh, Jay Ware, I know Nate, I know CJ, I know Dustin. Um, I know all those guys do get on there fairly often and, and it does the same thing for them. It takes that arcade invite system, but it advances it one more level to allow yeah. them to actually play head to head and watch each other as they yeah. play. Describe the, the skill level in Golden T-Mobile, do you? I mean, as far as what you um, see, I mean, I, it, it's hard to quantify to me. All right, I, I, I see arcade and I can't, I can't put that in the same class as mobile. It, it's... Um, Right. The barrier to entry is a little bit of, it's a lot different, really. Um, 
but as far as mobile's concerned, um, to be really good at it, it, it really it, it takes some it takes a fine-tuned mind, at least in my mind, where you have to you have to see the nuances. You have to see that one, two, three percent, because that one, two, three percent is really going to get. Yeah. If you lose that one, two, three percent, Tony Johnson's going to beat the shit out of you. Okay, that's really what happens. A hundred percent. And so. A hundred percent. And so. So I'll preface. Go ahead, man. I'll preface by saying um, I'm. I, I don't have it <laughs> and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Like I, I know what tier I fall in and it's like that level 40 to 60 player range and I'm happy with it. That's the way I enjoy the game. Um, my, my strengths really come in some other areas, which we'll kind of talk about kind of what I bring to the league and how I got involved. Yeah, man. Um, but the, the way I would classify mobile is, you know, if, if you kind of look at tiers, then yeah. as world showed us, you've got Tony Johnson at the top and he has the combination of, of the ability to play live and the composure and just the eye for the game. And he just combines it all into one spot that nobody else quite has, has done yet. Beyond that, there really is a pretty solid group of more people than could fill the world's qualifying bracket of guys that have a legitimate shot to beat anybody on any day. I would say there's about 20 guys and, and you could really kind of break down that tier some, but for the most part, if we were to have a live tournament with all the people in the league, there's 20 dudes who are going to go for about the same level in a Calcutta, if you had it. And there's really not just a ton of distinction between them. Um, And that's, what's really fun about mobile right now is it is so early in that competitive stage. Um, that there are just a bunch of guys bunched right there together that absolutely have the right to say I'm one of the best in the world right now. I, I would be willing to lay odds that we don't have a repeat world champion. That's what I've noticed in the Golden Tee Mobile world. That's how competitive this is getting. The, like the the players that are, we see where Tony is, where it's there's basically not a whole lot of mistakes being made, a lot of shots that are being made. But I, I just saw this first. I, for this first week of mobile qualifying, just showed me all together that hey, there's going to be a lot more competition in this next this next go round for a world championship. I hope you agree with that. Oh, I completely agree. I, I think you know, and I, I heard Tony and Chad talk about this when they were on with you. There were there were a handful of guys that if qualifying had happened over the 16 weeks prior to Worlds, they wouldn't have been there. Not that they didn't deserve it. They 100% did. But there was such a gap between the time frames. There were some people that just stopped playing as much. And we're seeing that in these first two weeks of world qualifying. Like there's names that didn't even have the game downloaded on their device during last world's qualifying that are just blowing people out of the water. And so it's, yeah, uh, it's going to be a different field. Uh, there's going to be new guys in there. And I agree with you. Like right now I would take the odds that we don't have a repeat champion. Yeah. Although it's Love hard to say that whenever Tony won the first week <laughs> of qualifying. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and he was on it. Um, Joel, what is Golden T the league? Golden T Mobile the league. Let me yeah, go. so, yeah, Golden T Mobile the league. So, um I, you know, I, I would really back up all the way to about April of 2020. Um, the Golden Team Mobile Facebook group really started to want competition. So it, it's a very different animal than arcade. Um, there's not cash being exchanged. You're generally not playing it live with another human being right beside you. Um, the sense of competition of 10-man contests, filling up and somebody ranking on there and getting some in-game gold. And then that just turning over was, was becoming a little bit lackluster for people and they, they wanted something different. Um, and so there were a few guys, the main ones I know of were, um, you know, was Ken's Greg Kinsler and Josh Simmons, both of them kind of stepped up and said, Hey, let's just run some cash tournaments. Um, you know, Venmo five bucks, we'll set up a bracket on, you know, on challenge and we'll, we'll run it and we'll figure it out. Yeah. And it caught like wildfire. Everybody loved it. Everybody said, this is, this is what the game's missing. This is what we needed. We needed something to 
take it up to that next level. At that point, I was barely and, paying um, attention. I knew what was going on, but I was barely paying attention. I wish I was paying attention more back then, but I, I was barely paying attention. Yeah. Go ahead, continue, man. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, so there were a couple tournaments that got run. Um, I didn't really participate in any of those. I kind of watched it as the, you know, level 20 guy who couldn't compete with anybody and just kind of enjoyed seeing the drama go by on the Facebook page. And then um, Josh Simmons started the league. I think he had run about two tournaments and he said, okay, I don't want to just run one-off tournaments. I want people to be able to actually like progress. And so I want to start this league and he wanted to model it after um, premier league soccer to where you had promotions and demotions and how you performed one season allowed you to compete for bigger prizes and more stakes the next season and wanted to have a ladder system built into it. And so he kicked off season one in July of 2020, like almost exactly a year ago. And he had uh, 64 people. Um, I just looked it up. Um, Before we started the call, he had 64 people on there that joined up. It was a $20 entry fee. He tracked everything in Excel and we used the Facebook page to kind of communicate. And I actually participated in the very first season. I was in the purple bracket, won the purple bracket my first season. Awesome. And even though I was hooked on the game, I would say that's what hooked me on the community aspect of it. So we had group chats on Facebook Messenger and, you know, like that purple group, we had, we had 150 chats a day. There's yeah. constantly people just chatting back and forth about mostly about the game, but about life and trash talk and just kind of, you know, just kind of hanging out. And, uh, and that's what really made me realize like, okay, there's, there's something here. This is a great group, group of guys. This is a lot of fun. It's fun to hang out with these people. And, and it was during COVID. So uh, that was even that added bonus. Cause there wasn't a lot of hanging out with people going on. <laughs> so we're, so that started then, and we're, I mean, we've gone through, you're in the, we're about to hit the seventh season. So uh, just give me yeah. some synopsis of the first six. I mean, how, how has this gone so far? For sure. So um, I jumped in to the council, I would say like, I, I'm pretty sure it was like five days before season two started. <laughs> and it really started because I messaged Josh and I said, hey, uh, a, a little bit of background on me. I'm, I'm a tech guy by hobby. Um, I just, I love everything having to do with tech and it just gets me super interested and I love to learn new stuff. And so I messaged him and said, hey, I, I think I can make your spreadsheet a little bit better. That's all it was. I was just, I wanted to go and tweak a few formulas. I wanted to make his life a little bit easier. And he said, okay, let me add you to this, to this thread I've got. And it was, you know, Matthew Calderon and it was Tony Johnson, Mark Duchesne, uh, Josh Simmons, myself. Um, I, I think I named and Chad Trump. Chad Trump. So it was the six of us. Yeah. It was the six of us. And he said, Hey, these guys are helping me kind of run the league. Like anytime you have 64 guys playing competitively, you've got little drama and little spats and little organizational things. So they were kind of helping him with that stuff. And they said, we think you'd be a good fit. Come into this chat and give us your thoughts. And long story short, in like that blitz of four or five days before we started, uh, we just totally revamped how we tracked our scores. And so we, you know, we got a Google form and started tracking stats and just changed a lot of things. Um, Season two, I want to say we had, we, you know, we jumped up to about 80 people or so, added a few. Um, Season three rolled around. We added a whole bunch of data tracking stuff. It was all still manual on our side. We were just doing, uh, we had all the players do manual data input, ask oh, anybody that, who played. It was wow. terrible. Yeah, that, that, that seems like that <laughs> it would be was hard. A, yes, every time you won a match, we had people joking that they didn't want to win a match because every time you won a match, you had to put in score by score data for, for both players because we knew there was a real desire for data tracking all the players yeah (laughs) all all the players wanted a bunch of data tracking but we had no way of getting it and so we had manual entry and so season three we did that it went really well everyone loved the data but it was just cumbersome and so season four was our big jump we jumped over onto discord in season four and uh john noble with incredible technologies did us a huge favor and we worked with him and he he came up with a way to feed us data out of the app and the way he described it to us he said it's going to be a really clunky 
rudimentary system, but it's what I can do. And honestly, it was more than we could have asked for. Yeah. And since then, it's been flawless. Um, all you have to do after you play your match in the head-to-head -head is just tap the course icon three times on your results screen. A little pop-up jumps up that says your league data has been submitted. And then we take care of everything else on the back end. And it just automatically runs through. We've got a server that runs. It just automatically runs through it and takes care of everything from that point forward. How many games is a league player going to normally play? So um, typically you're going to be in a division with about 20 people. Um, the newer players, it may be as low as 14, 15 people. And you'll play a double round robin over four weeks. So oh. that's, it, it comes out to rough, roughly 10 games a week. And those are 18 whole games. So roughly 10, 18 whole games um, per week over the course of four weeks and then playoffs. And so it's enough that it keeps you engaged, active, and busy. Some guys oh. will knock all those out in the first day or two. And then some people will play, you know, that comes up to like one and a half games a day. And so just kind of, and everyone can play mostly at their own pace within that, within that week time frame. What, uh, what, is, uh, what, what does a guy get paid for winning something like this? I mean, or doing well in something like this? Yeah, so our payout structure is set so that um, as you advance through the divisions, you have a chance for higher prizes, um, for more payouts. Um, and also your, your entry fee goes up the higher you go as well. Um, but we, we do have the, we do have the payout skewed towards the top end and also the entry fees skewed towards it. And there's really three ways that you can get a payout through the league. So, um, we do regular season payouts. So the top in most divisions is the top, uh, six guys get a payout at the end of the regular season. Mm -hmm. Uh, the top 10 make it into the playoffs. And if you get, place in the top four in the playoffs, you get a payout. And then the third way is we have a, um, a hole out bounty system to where if you shoot better than GT par on a hole, you get a chance to make a payout. Uh, we kind of talk about that more later, but as a typical range, um, you know, I would say in the lower divisions, uh, the top, I believe the top three all make their money back off the regular season. And then the playoffs, you have a chance to just profit off of that. And Tony ran the numbers last season. I want to say it was about 35, 40% of the players made their entry feedback. Yeah. So like it was a, it was a pretty good, wow. it was a pretty good mix. Yeah. That's, and that's the top good. end payouts, I think if you were to win gold and win playoffs, I don't know it off the top of my head. I, I can pull it up real quick, but I want to say it'd be in the neighborhood of, um, of a few hundred dollars to 250 maybe if you happen to win both of those tiers. So we don't have the, the high top end payouts, but we also don't have the high top end injury fees that, you know, some of the larger tournaments have. Yeah. Well, that's a, you, you brought something up there that I want to touch on real quick is uh, quantifying golden tee par for a nine or even an 18 hole game of uh, golden tee where I, I can give you a handful of holes in arcade where our, Maybe some people can get there. Some people can't. It's kind of between things like that. I mean, do you guys, are you guys actually able to look at the round and quantify what is golden tea bar? Or do you guys just have a set number? What is What it is? We have a set number. Um, mobile is a little bit different than arcade. And there's a lot, there's a lot fewer holes that will set up either drivable or non-drivable. You know, I think, Currently in mobile, there's probably five holes that just truly can set up impossible or possible to reach. Yeah. Um, there's a few kind of swing holes that are going to be, it takes you two perfect shots, but you can always make it there no matter what. Um, but the variance of whether or not you're going to be able to reach um, just doesn't exist like it does in, in Monty, where I think you can swing from what, like a 27 to a 31 or something yeah, like that. Something that doesn't exist that. in Golden T-Mobile. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So we, we operate off quantify. just a, a, a just a set line, and we actually have those on our – we have a data studio page that's linked on our Discord, holds all of our stats, leaderboards, schedules, everything for the league. Yeah. Um, and on there, we have a GT par page, uh, kind of like Golden T Fan has for a lot of the older courses, to where we just say, here's all the courses in mobile, and here's what their GT par numbers are for every hole. Yeah. So you being a tech guy, you're probably an analytics guy too, right? I mean, you're into a lot of analytics and stats and stuff like that. 
Because 100%, that is exactly the base of Tony Johnson and everything that I've ever known about Tony is all, you know, all analytics, it's all stats. So I imagine yeah. all, yeah, I, yeah. I imagine the league council just, you know, that, that's their thing. All you guys, you're all just stats. Oh, 100%. Guys. All right, that's awesome. A, a bunch of us are, for sure. How many? Pay- I tend to be the I, I tend to be the doer, oh, and yeah? Tony Johnson tends to be the one who says, "Ooh, it'd be really interesting to know this number." And then, of course, once I get challenged, <laughs> I have to spend the next two hours finding the number. <laughs> That's great. Uh, how many people will play in season seven? Um, currently, I believe we've got 154 signed up. Um, our biggest number we've ever had. Yeah, and we're super excited about it. That number will probably settle at 140-ish, um, you how know, many, when everybody who doesn't get paid gets dropped and all that. <laughs> how, many, how many divisions would that be? Just, I mean, the divisions of players. Yeah, so we run um, gold through purple, and all those run at 20 people, roughly. Um, we're actually running three divisions over 20 this year, which is the first time we've ever done that. It just made the most sense. Returning players, we had to slot them in where they go. And then our next tier below purple, we call Bushwood Country Club. And we, we're running four divisions inside of Bushwood Country Club uh, yeah. this year. And so we'll have a total of eight divisions. Yeah. That's incredible. Yep. And 100, so. 150, how many? 150 what? 154, 158, I believe, are signed up. So. Woo! Good Lord. You guys are, uh, you guys yeah. are getting big. Our big uh, yeah. jump was in season five when Golden T actually put an in-game pop-up. They did in season six as well, but we did we got the most feedback in season five when they put an in-game pop-up, popped up on the app. People could just click on it. We have a website, took them straight to our website to sign up. We we probably picked up 40 players that season, and our retention rate is is very high. There's not many people that – there's a decent number that don't play the next season because life's busy. They don't have the money to throw at it, whatever it is, of course, of course. but they tend to come back. Yeah. So yeah, they tend to hang around in discord and show up again. Man. Um, Joel, you're, you're, you're new at this. All right. So when you, yeah, well, hundred percent. Well, no, I, I say you're new at this as far as, you know, I, I, most guys I talk to on here, they have a long history. They have, um, you know, I have stuff I, I talk about their history. You're diving into Golden Tea and you found mobile. What inspired you to learn yeah. part of the arcades, part of it? What, 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 where did that start for you? You know, um, it was really two things. One, before I ever touched the arcade machine for the first time, I felt like I just had a lot of uh, history. I, I like reading things. I hung out on Golden Tea Fan, the Facebook group, and I just like got to kind of see who people were. Yeah. And I had a lot of context already because talking to Chad and Tony and different guys. And then whenever um, Andy Coleman announced that he wanted to do a live mobile tournaments and he wanted to kick the first one off, originally the plan was Florida. Um, we actually convinced him to move it to St. Louis just because we knew who would be able to make it to the different places because, Hey, I'm a data guy and I know where all of our league players live (laughs) and they don't live in Florida, but they live up there. (laughs) So (laughs) we, uh, once we settled on, on St. Louis, then I said, if I'm going to make the trip, these guys seem really cool. And everybody I'd ever talked to says, you got to play in a PGT event. Like, doesn't matter how good you are. You just got to go play. And so I started playing. Um, I, I signed up for a, you know, downloaded the Caddy app, signed up for an account, played my first round on arcade in December of 2020. In, and then six months later, went to St. Louis. In that time frame, I think I played 60 rounds. Like I said, I've got a busy life. I don't get to get out very much. And it was, it was an absolute blast. I just had so much fun. Like I didn't, I, I didn't have to win. I just, I realized real quick what everyone said, just come hang out and have fun and don't set your expectations on anything else and you'll have a great time. And, and it was so true. I mean, so, I mean, you're able, you spent the hundred dollars you went into this golden determined, no expectations, no understanding 
tell me you learned something, right? You learned you learned a little bit. Oh yeah, right? yeah, these, yeah these for guys, sure. So I these guys teach you a lot. I, so who'd you qualify? I think with? I uh, I think I raised my handicap by about seven strokes and my average by probably about six strokes. Yeah, <laughs> and. So, and I was fortunate enough to, because of that, I played in the handicap tournament. Shocker. I won, felt a little bit bad about it, but Hey, whatever, you know, that's how it's set up. So I got my free entry fee. had a blast. We all understand. Um, yeah, for sure. It's just the way, it's the way it works. And, yeah. and it's a nice little feature about the handicap tournament. It, it lets people who are newer have a shot to do something like that. And then on qualifying, I qualified with uh, Dan Miser, um, who Tony had actually talked to me a lot about him already told me about fan. some of the stuff he had yeah first he's a great dude yeah. tony had told me about the stuff he had done with gt stats back in the day and like all this different stuff and so he and i already had a connection to be able to kind of talk about stuff and um uh paul zyke i believe was the other guy so there were three of us and and we we qualified together yeah. and it was just a great experience a lot of fun yeah um did you find well first off i guess we didn't start with the podcast of where you live joel i think it's somewhere in the, the middle of texas but go ahead and tell everybody where you live man yeah i live in lubbock texas um live you know up on the the south plains northern side of texas there let me let me i, I got <laughs> guns, the gun, up. guns up all right guns up yeah that's all right. right all right graham harrell for president the <laughs> um so, do you have a, a a local place that you 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 could go play arcade at, or I mean, did, was there a local bar that you could go and you know you know learn some of this stuff at? Yeah, we've got a we've got a place here with four machines in its own separate room. Right. Um, we, it's it's really pretty phenomenal. So Who Lubbock in this has town? Lubbock has three hundred thousand people, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. not well, super it's... large. Yeah, I just I, I I'm trying to think who would I know from Lubbock, Texas that's in the Golden Tee scene because I'm not outside of you. I don't so, really know. There are not many that um, play in the tournament scene. So I know. Um, in fact, I just met him over Facebook Messenger the other day because I saw he was playing in the in the Vector Room tournament. But his name is uh, Jeff uh, Kalich. Okay. Um, and then there's a guy named Jeff Ainsworth that I know has been to at All least right. one or two PEGT events. Yeah. Yeah. And then I ran into um, one weekend, I ran into Seth Harris up here. Um, he was, he went to Texas tech and he plays under what Texas tech defense, I think. So, and uh, so he was up here one weekend and he was, you know, playing some games and I ran into him at the place where I usually go. So I, I wouldn't say there's a real strong competitive community in Lubbock but there's a lot of players. Like yeah. there's a lot of people that like to go to the machines and just have fun with it. That's, that's, that's exciting to see. I, I, you have no clue how many places that just throw a machine into a bar and, and literally, and just do yeah. that and hope it does. And I, I, I can go out of town to a random touristy part of wherever, say New Orleans, Myrtle Beach, somewhere where I had this machine that can barely do whatever and it's not going to attract anybody. It's just there for that one guy that's going to come along. When I think golden yeah. tea and when I think golden tea and I think as many times as I've played live, Lubbock doesn't come along and you have somewhere there that has four machines where I live in Greenville, South Carolina yeah. and we have a fantastic scene here. We have 12 players in my bars on my, the one bar that we play at and we have you know we have two machines occasionally a third but two machines so uh that's got to be a that's got to be a real convenient thing and also do you have like a lot of players too like a lot i mean how many would you say no so i would say i personally have not played um with very many people at all and it's yeah, because okay. the times where i get out there just don't match up but I do know that at the place where I normally go with the four machines, the reason they have four machines is they've got a group of about seven or eight guys that every weekday show up at like three, four in the afternoon. Oh yeah. And right before they go home from work, they play some cash games. Yeah. And those were the guys who really pushed when they built this new, it's actually at a golf range called the range. So there's actually real golf going on there too. And then they've got a bar and they convinced the owner to bring in, you know, four machines so that they could 
play their rounds quicker and and do their little quick cash games before they go home. So, so I do know there's a pretty good group there. Um, but it's pretty it's pretty insular. It's kind of a group that just sticks around Lubbock. And like I said, I think there's one guy, maybe two, who've gone to like one or two PEGT events, and that's oh, yeah. about the extent of it. What uh? So back to mobile, just for a second. I mean, yeah, yeah. You guys have uh, I think what is a pretty fast rising community for what golden tea is in its essence which is grassroots all right golden tea i feel feel like in its essence is grassroots this is not a game that's backed with a budget of nintendo playstation sony everything that goes in something Mm -hmm. we grow by right we grow by telling somebody else about what we're doing how big can golden tea mobile be do you think and just in your mind Joel you know that's um it's really interesting so mobile games tend to have a very short lifespan and by short I mean Golden Team Mobile should have already peaked and rapidly be on a decline at the lifespan that it's on just talking statistics across the board you want to get a whole bunch of players playing really fast you want to ramp them up for about six months and get them to dump all the cash you can into the game and then you roll out a new mobile game and you try to get them to jump onto that and you just keep moving your player base onto you know some new greater thing and as you know that's not how incredible technologies thinks and uh, which I'm, I'm happy about they said no how can we make a sustainable long-term product we've done it before we've got a player base we we know how to maintain a player base let's do that in the mobile market which people don't tend to do and what we've seen um you know i don't know the metrics but from my perspective it appears as though it's still just steadily climbing and not showing any signs of slowing down and i think that adding uh, the st louis tournament um, you know, having Worlds done, um, having a live tournament in, in Nashville and the plan to have a live tournament at, at every PEGT event we possibly can. I think it's just going to keep growing that and building that more. And I think it's going to draw in some people from, you know, the arcade side who are interested like you who said, well, I don't know. I played it for a little while. Maybe I'll go see what it is. I would venture to say most Golden Tee players have at least downloaded it and seen what it was. You know, like, uh, why wouldn't you? You're at least going to look at it. And so I think we're seeing seeing new players continue to come in. Um, I would say in the past four or five seasons of the league, we have had – we've probably had a half dozen players start at our lowest, lower brackets and climb all the way up to silver or gold. And we keep seeing new people pick up the game and they are within six months or better than almost everybody else. And yeah. they're right up there in that tier of people looking at world qualifying. And um, it, it has the potential to become a very large international game. And I think the more we can grow that competitive player base, which is just a tiny little slice of the most active group, I think the more it also helps with everything else because it gives those guys who just play it casually something to watch on YouTube. It gives them, you know, a, a, a reason to go on discord and watch the best players play. And it gives them more content at the top end will, you know, builds that lower level of the player base too. Within the league, I believe we've got about six international players. Um, we've got Thailand, we've got the UK, we've got Australia. Nobody knows this. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We've got people, we got people from all over the place. And I, yeah. So like one of our guys, Joel Ward, um, he's super active. He loves to play and like he, he's, you know, he's from the U S and he retired in Thailand and like, he says that we're his main community. (laughs) He he hangs out all the time on discord and stuff. (laughs) That's great. So yeah, and 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 then uh, you know several in Canada, which Golden Tea on the arcade side it has a Canadian presence at least. But yeah, um, so yeah, we've got quite a few people from all over. Okay, uh, I mean, well, that that was I guess my next thing is I mean, you, you grow as much as you can domestically, but I mean, this can be an international product. Not, I mean, it is. It was at one point actually a big time international product. I mean, as far as arcade right. was concerned, early two thousands, long time ago. All right, these days, I mean, can Golden T Mobile be an international product as well? 
I think it absolutely can. I know that, you know, um, it, at the end of the day, it's a golf game, right? Of course. And golf is big everywhere internationally, you know, like you've got a big golf following throughout Asia and throughout Europe. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely not just a, a localized centralized thing. I, I don't see any reason why it can't become big other places too. Yeah. I can see that. It, it, it just, it seems so much simpler and easier to access than the arcade game. And that's where I yeah, see the, I think, that, um, that yeah, I think I don't remember whether it was Andy Coleman or whether it was one of the one of the guys in the development team, but they're you know the the size of Golden Team Mobile is just really hard to grasp because they said that they have multiple tens of thousands of unique players per day playing the app, and if you look on the App Store's statistics, there's hundreds of thousands of unique downloads, and so there's a lot of those people that are not, uh, that are international players for sure. Now the, the connection into the community comes through the Facebook page, which is very U S and, you know, English centric. And so I, I don't think that we currently have a metric to hook those people into that next level of playing competitively, like some of the, you know, larger games with, you know, with the advertising budgets and with, you know, hiring people to do mobile outreach and other languages and stuff like, you know, that stuff's not going on, but I do think that there's a lot of, I, I, I think we'd be shocked to see how diverse the player base is beyond what we see on the Facebook group and discord and everything else. That'd be interesting to look at for sure. I mean, uh, the, the whole golden T mobile universe it, it's gotten pretty fascinating to me at this point where um i i come from years of playing arcade i started in high school essentially and yeah. just to see and just to see this extension of the mobile product to me this is um this is this is really for me is enjoyable to watch it gets a little flack from a couple arcade guys that really don't really don't understand it i think a little bit or just you know it's just not their cup of tea, whatever it is. Um, yeah. But and you know, I, I will, I will say that fr- from my perspective, personally, I'm a mobile guy. Like I started with mobile. I've played thousands of rounds on mobile. Like that's my, it's my community. It's my core. It is not as dynamic as arcade. Yeah. So you don't have the ability to, um, you know, I can't hit, a shot further than the other guy. I can't hit a more, you know, a more, a a higher speed on the track ball. I can't have a better form to be more consistent. Um, The, the swing between the two is just a very different feel to the game. And so I think for a lot of people on, on the arcade side, mobile does kind of fall flat for that reason. It, It isn't as dynamic. It's more analytical. Um, but the the opposite side of that is there's a lot of people who either um, don't like arcade because of that. They physically can't make the trackball do what other people can make it do. And they're just like, and that frustrates them. And now all of a sudden on mobile, they see this product where they're like, oh, I can do the exact same thing this other guy if I just do these things to get there. Um, but then on the other side of that too, there's some people who just don't like the physical aspect of arcade. They like sitting in their recliner and being able to play the game. And like, they don't, the, they got turned off to arcade cause they don't go to the bar anymore or they don't, uh, you know, their buddy who they played with all the time moved away and now they don't have anybody to hang with or for whatever reason, arcade just kind of tapered off. And now this is giving them a new Avenue to enjoy the product that has a lot of similarities and a lot of the same people that they loved. Let's talk about the league a little bit more. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I here I sit now. I am, I think I'm level 25 and uh, that's about a silver. Just tell me where that would rank somewhere in the league area. Yeah. So typically if you don't have your clubs maxed out, which I don't think you can do until level 32, something like that, somewhere in that range, uh, when you get to pyro clubs, then you would probably start in our lowest division of Bushwood, which, uh, you know, I believe is web. So that's, that's what we call the lowest division there in Bushwood. 
um, we robbed we robbed last names from the Caddyshack, and that's kind of what we went with. So we've got Noonan, uh, Smell, Spackler, and Webb. Like those are the four division names. And uh, so mo what we do is we look at their stats page. Uh, we go by Tony's go figure. Tony's got a formula that he uses that kind of helps him place people by their average GSP and average contest score and all that stuff. And it's, it's turned out to work pretty well. And so uh, we see we see those people in whatever division they fall in. So like Webb, just to give you an idea, across any nine hole uh, match, people will be shooting from like five under to 10 under. So whereas GT par is probably a 14 under, you don't see many rounds come close to a GT par. Yeah. They're usually dropping four to 10 strokes per round. And that's just kind of, and some of those people are because they're new at the game. Uh, some of those people are just because they're just not great and don't put much time into it. Uh, some of those people are because they just don't have the clubs to compete with the higher divisions. And so you've got a wide range of people there. Um, and we've had people who have set in those lower two divisions for like three seasons in a row and they love it. And, and they love that they have a place to compete because within the app, somebody who shoots at that range really doesn't have a spot to go to play and compete. Because the way it works is as you play more games in mobile, once you get to level 49, you're playing against all the other level 49 players. Whether you shoot six strokes worse on average than they do or not, sorry, that's just where you're going to fall within the app. And so this gives them a spot to where they're not just automatically pitted against the top level player. So, I mean, are some of these players just stock club players? I mean, do, are some of these players maybe just don't play with a golf ball? I mean, it, can they play this just casually like that? Yeah, for sure. So there's, you know, a lot of a lot of the players ask. They're like, okay, I see you guys putting up these scores. What? Why can't I? And generally, when we get to talking to those players, we tell them, well, these guys you're watching are upgrading to insiders. They're using a Maniacs and Wind Cutter, and, you know, they're, they're using all the tools at their disposal all the time. And these guys go, oh, I only use streaks and grabbers. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, so you're, you're going to drop a few strokes every round if that's how you play. And so there are some players down at that lower tier that like staying there because they – they're free to play. They don't put money into the game at all. They don't buy any packages. They don't use any of the premium equipment. And that's just the way they like to play the game. And they can kind of sit in that range. Um, and then there's other players who are just, they're just new. They're, you know, they're level 20 something. They understand the game. They understand how to shoot a pretty good score. They just don't quite have the skill set. They don't have the upgraded clubs. And those are the guys that we see jump two or three divisions from their first season to their second season. And in fact, we've had a few guys who like the first week, they don't win any games and then they go undefeated the rest of the way out because they realize this is a lot of fun. They go upgrade all their clubs. They go start using all the premium balls. And next thing you know, they're just killing everybody. Oh. And so we see a lot of swing in those lower divisions where people are, are improving rapidly and need to get bumped up to those higher levels. I wonder how I would fare right now. At level twenty-five, I mean, I, you, I, I, I already know. I have a grasp. I have a grasp for the game. Okay, this is what I have. Um, yeah. But that being said, uh, the the amount of times I shoot par, I mean, it's less than like three percent of the time. I mean, less than three percent of the time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. but, but I can. I would venture to say that almost. Almost anybody who has a golden tee background of some sort will probably win the division that their their skill level puts them in, okay. because uh, because you just you just have an understanding of when to play safe, when to be aggressive, how the ball is going to balance on a left four, and how, you know like mobile and arcade have enough similarities that you at least have a general understanding. Well, and even going further than that even with the shot guide pulling down at the top, it takes a lot of these guys to level 49 before they realize that, oh, an A1 curves like this. Like, you know, yeah. it, takes, it takes them a long time to actually grasp what that means. Uh, and it just doesn't. Golden T guys know that instinctually. And they're, they're, they're very well aware that if they pull back to the left and swipe straight, what the ball is going to do. Yeah. So. Um, so we'll have, you said 154 players in how many divisions? You said four? 
Well, so uh, four main four, divisions, four, four Bushwood. So a total of total four, of eight. Total of eight. Talk about the bounties yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So um, we we were really trying to figure out how do we how do we attract and then how do we maintain players who have don't have the skill set or the desire to play enough rounds to be in gold or silver or even bronze. Um, and so Bush creating this Bushwood country club was the first way we did that. It's it's, we set it up a little bit differently. You don't play on pro settings. Um, you play on expert. So like everything's just taken down just a tiny little notch to give people um, a place to be competitive. That's not the top divisions. The second thing we did is, um, is the idea of holdout bounties. And so the way we started that was, again, it was a, a Tony Johnson product because he loved stats and thinking about it. Halfway through the season, we would go through our stats. We would find, we would pick out, say, 40 holes that had not been holed out. And we would say, if you get a hole out on these holes, you get 10 bucks. Yeah. And we, we assigned a dollar amount to them. Or, you know, we've, every single season, it's been tweaked just a little bit. The way we did it last season and the way we're doing it this season is at the end of all of the games being played, anybody who has a holdout on a hole that nobody else hold out in all of the league games, you get a share of the pot. And last year, I believe we had $450 in that pot. Um, it wound up being, I think, um, about eight bucks per share. So personally, I had three holeouts, two holeouts on holes that nobody else got. And so I got 16 bucks at the end of the season. Oh. Um, you know, not too dissimilar from the hole in one pot during qualifiers with the PGT or something like that. It's, it varies depending on how many people hit it. But what's really fun about it is, uh, so within Discord, one of the things you can do is you can create bots. And so we have our own bot that I've programmed um, that posts. So like when somebody submits a score in the app, it sends that score to Discord as a text message automatically, and it tags those players. And so it'll say, you know, uh, Longino beat Moneyball uh, 27 to 22 on Hawthorne Manor. Yeah. And it just pops up right there. You get to see your results instantly. Everybody else gets to see them. Um, you can pull up your leaderboards and your schedules and stuff like that. But also this year, it's going to be doing that for our holdout bounties. So, you know, if somebody hits a holdout on, you know, a certain hole in the game, it's going to say, hey, so-and-so just won a share of the holdout bounty pot. And then when the next person comes by and hits that same hole, then it'll say, hey, so-and-so just got their share of the bounty pot stolen. Yeah. And so it's kind of a side game that's running in, in real time. And the bot will be updating and saying, hey, here's where this stands. And somebody just won some cash and somebody just got their cash taken away from them. And it's, it's a way to keep people engaged and a way for the lower level players to have a chance to, you know, have some extra winnings coming in um, apart from just winning their division. I could exclaim, I mean, the, the one thing in arcade that keeps people engaged is essentially hole and win. All right, that's really what uh, what happens throughout the round. Other than that, there's nothing other than concentrating through the round in order to achieve Golden Tee Park. Yeah, that, yeah, it's it's a little bit different in that aspect, but I mean, to have something that completely engages you through the round to get through that that's that's awesome. I, I love that. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun, and it's a lot of fun hitting. Uh, you know, hitting a hole in one on a tough par four. And instantly thinking, oh, I wonder if anyone's else gotten this yet, you know, yeah. and waiting for that result to come through and just see you're going on data studio and looking me like, ah, did I get that? Am I the only one to get that or not? And it is a lot of fun. Joel, just off the league subject a little bit and just how big do you think Golden T-Mobile tournaments can be like live tournaments people i mean essentially we've committed to running mobile tournaments when we can on the national golden detour five of six locations i know can work okay this is what i know right now five yeah. of six okay yeah. the one is the one that can <laughs> is my is mine in columbia that's the only one that really can unfortunately uh, right <laughs> yeah uh, thank you long brian's here all right james he's here all right and he would uh, i'm sure he would support something that we had in south carolina and we got a couple ones but the room we don't have 
how big can tournaments be for mobile? Like, I mean, can guys tra- can you see a lot of guys traveling to go play in a tournament for mobile? Not the not as the world championship. Yeah. So, I, right. So I think there's really there's really two two hurdles to get over. One is, do you have the competitiveness to make a field? And I would say that a 64 person field with two brackets would be an absolutely mind-blowingly phenomenal tournament. The The competition level is there. You could make a field that size that had really great competition. Uh, the second hurdle is, will people travel? Will people go? And I think what you're seeing is St. Louis. Um, the answer was, for the most part, not really. You know, we had, um, I, I believe we had nine guys there. Um, Several of those were people who already would go to PEGT events. So we had Josh Mertzig. Uh, we had, um, his name's Tom Charney. I know he goes to some. We have Adam Hartel. Um, Fitz played. Like, yeah. you know, so we had some people that would have already been going. We had Larry Foster, who hadn't been to a live event in 20 years, I think he said. Uh, and he got to come back, and and he was excited. And so – that's all that really St. Louis was. I would say, in fact, I'm trying to think about it. Jordan Scott was already planning to go to that event before mobile. I believe I was the only person there who played in mobile who only got attracted to it because of mobile, like didn't have a plug into the community already. But then really the progression we saw, the next live event being Worlds, which obviously the 16 qualifiers traveled to, had a big purse. (laughs) They're going to make it. But I believe the biggest win we had in Worlds and I don't know the exact number, I think there were a dozen players that showed up just to hang out, that just showed up because they wanted the community, they wanted to hang out with people, they wanted to cheer on their friends, they wanted to, you know, they wanted to go to the bar and drink and have a good time with, with their buddies. I saw that. And I think, and, I, and every single one of them said, I had a blast, and as soon as they announced dates for the next Vegas trip, I'll be there. And I think that that, the more we do that, the more it's going to break down that barrier of people saying this is worth traveling for. Like, regardless of how much money I can make, regardless of whether or not I can win, this is fun. It's enjoyable. It's a great group of people. It's worth me putting forth the effort and the time, uh, you know, giving up a vacation that I might do something else to make this my event for these three months or something. And I believe right now, I don't know the sign up numbers for Nashville. But I'm guessing we're going to have between a dozen to 16 players in Nashville. You think we'll get 16? Um, I hope you do. I really do. I, I think there's a really good chance. But I think we'll see – I think we're going to – we will definitely see a jump up from St. Louis. And and I think we're going to keep seeing that. You know, obviously there will be dips. Uh, a Florida tournament's just not going to draw as many. Uh, we don't We don't have mobile players close to Florida. We've got a bunch of them collected further in the Northeast. And uh, that's just kind of regionally where we tend to fall. And so there's going to be a few locations that have some dips just because of that. Um, and PEGT has that too. They have some tournaments that just aren't as well attended as others. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think we're just going to see that number continue to rise. And I'm hopeful that in 2022, every time they run a mobile tournament, uh, there's a dozen guys there easily. And, and, you know, hopefully some of them, it jumps way up from there. That'd be awesome. But I think we're going to see that number get hit pretty, pretty frequently. Are you going to Nashville? You know, I'd say uh, about 10%. So oh, probably not. Low. <laughs> wow. Now I, I will be in Dallas and that one is like, I've, I've already decided going to be in Dallas. I have a flight booked to Nashville, but it's uh, fully refundable, and I have a feeling it's probably going to get refunded, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm not giving up yet. <laughs> I, 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 I predict that you guys will have 24 for the Golden T-Mobile in Dallas. I predict that. I think That'd be wonderful. I, I, I think sure hope we do. We're, we're, this will be the largest arcade Golden T-Tournament you'll ever see. Okay, this What's coming in Dallas this year will be the largest that you'll ever see. That tournament that I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Not just for you, for the mobile guys, the arcade guys, this will be it. it, We've never had tournaments that's ran by our tour that's paid this kind of money. That's created this kind of buzz. And we're all getting to a, a very accessible city for all of us to go to, which is Dallas. And which is, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a little outside it's Keller, Texas. It's a little, but we do this a lot. We fly to cities that have grand airports that we can easily access 
this Dallas tournament right. sucks it for the mobile guys will be the biggest. I mean, I, I predict 24. That's my prediction, 24 at least. And then almost 200 for the uh, the arcade. That That's my prediction. I'm, I think that? Dallas is going to be an absolute blast. And that's why I've already marked that one off as like, I got to go to Dallas. I can drive to Dallas. There's a lot of reasons why. But, I mean, the fact that the player of the year's got, what, double the prize pool, basically, because of everything that happened with COVID and stuff, like, it's it's just, it's going to be a big event. It's going to be a blast. I'm, I'm hoping they're giving away world championship arcade spots by then. We'll see what's happening by December. But, um, I, you know, you, you made your prediction. I'll make a prediction that by it. December, uh, there will be a lot of clarity about arcade world championships by that time. Uh, I, the, we keep hearing about that, and uh, I'm hoping there's some transparency happening with that real soon. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think you'll have to wait near as long as it will take to get to Dallas. No. Uh, so I'm uh, hopeful. I know you guys. You guys have been waiting for a really long time, though. So <laughs> well, we'll we'll see what happens like that. Uh, just uh, where are you at? Is you, well, you as a player? I mean, I, I mean, we're, you, you say you just fall in somewhere and you're happy where you're at. This is a casual game for you. I mean, are, are you a, you're a level forty nine guy that you know plays with all those guys? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a level 49 guy. I play I play exclusively pro contest when I play. Um but you know, I I I will go 3 or 4 days without touching the app. Um I really my golden tea playing comes in two forms. We've got a side group of guys that play some money tournaments and we do some really fun different things with them and we play teams and we just do some really kind of out there things. It's not meant for competition. It's like five ten dollar buy-ins and we just to have a little bit of activity that keeps flowing constantly all the time i play those um and then i play my league matches outside of those two things maybe once every two or three weeks i get on a roll and i actually go play some matches yeah and really it's kind of the main reason for it is that um you know i've got four kids I've got a limited time frame to spend on my hobbies. And yes. what I enjoy even more than Golden Tea is I love organizing things. And so I spend probably an hour or two a day on Golden Tea stuff. And I may not open the app once <laughs> because it's, you know, it's, it's programming, it's doing the web design, it's talking to players. Like I spend a lot of time with the community, but I'm not the guy who spends a lot of time actually playing the game itself. Yeah. And I got, um, so this season I'll be in silver. Um, so I'll, I'll, I got second place in bronze last year. I got bumped up to silver. I was in silver two seasons ago and got bumped back down to bronze. So I tend to kind of hover somewhere around that 40 to 60 kind of range. And, uh, and I'll probably stick around there. I don't, I don't see myself making a run at world qualifying. Uh, if they expand the field, I might change my mind, but you know, that's kind of where I fall. That's where I kind of noticed with that golden team mobile qualifier is you've got to, you've got to be able to put in the time and you've got to be able to grind at it. For sure. And, And, yeah, and I fall in the same the same area, and I'm not going to name any players because I really don't know the arcade guys well enough to label anybody as this, but there's a lot of arcade dudes who show up to the PGT events, and they are perfectly happy if they make the purple cut line. If they're sitting around that 60 man. range, they are ecstatic. Their weekend's made, they played great, they love it, and they don't get pissed if they lose out twice and they go home. Um, but they also don't want to qualify bottom 10% because that, that does piss them off, you know? So like yeah. they know where they should fall and they just want to fall in that range. Yeah. And that's kind of where, that's kind of where I put myself. Yeah. So. Uh, well, that's, you, you bring up an interesting point there as far as guys that are, yeah, I've seen guys for years come to these tournaments that I play in and, um, they're, they're just completely content playing in purple brackets. They're completely intent, just enjoying it in that aspect. But we always have to allow them to feel like they have opportunity to be successful. And that's what I always encourage with tournament play is as much as we grow. And this year, every single tournament will have over a hundred people. All right. For the first time ever this year, every single tournament will have over a hundred people, but for us to continue to grow and I encourage this to the mobile tournaments as well. We have to allow opportunities for some of our lower tier players 
to be successful. Because those for guys sure. Are, I mean, go ahead. Spe- speaking as one of those players, I showed up to St. Louis. I um, I played in the handicap tournament, won my entry fee, so I I got that little shot of adrenaline. Like, sweet, I was able to do that. Um, and then I got a hole in one during the qualifying. Tony Johnson told me he said, absolutely buy into the hole in one pot. Anybody can get a hole in one, and yeah. I got one. And so I got that little shot of adrenaline. And then, um, you know, one one of my three matches I played in head-to-head play. And so, like, um, and I had 60 games underneath my belt. You know, yeah. like, so so cr- credit to credit to Sobel and, and all those guys at, at PGT. They really have set up a weekend to where you can show up with 60 games under your belt and you're not that great and you don't really know what you're doing and you can have fun, have a chance to compete, have a feeling like you're involved, like you don't have to feel like you're stuck over in the corner and not active with everybody else who's there. They've done a really great job with it. That's a fantastic testimony right there. I I hope Steve Sobel listens. He hasn't listened to a podcast yet, but I hope he does. (laughs) I've told every single person who's signed up for a mobile tournament, play an arcade. Just do it. Just play. Because not a single one of them has never played. Like they all have uh, an experience from college or they play a few rounds every other week. I'm like, just play. Like you're going to, you're going to be glad you did. The hundred bucks would pay for itself. If you just go qualify with some cool dudes, like it, it pays for it from that alone. So yeah, I'm a huge proponent of it. So Joe Wilburn. All right, man. I appreciate you joining me here tonight. This has been pretty enlightening stuff. Okay. I'm excited to play the league this year. This is what I, 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 I've just scheduled my year out this year. For the rest of this year, I'm going – basically, we have the league starting up the 30th. I'm going to have as much as I can knocked out. Or I hope in, within before I go on vacation on the 13th, I can have what I need to have done. Okay. You guys are going to have to coach – you guys have to coach me along this, okay, because I, I, I don't know oh, it for all sure. that well. But I will be make sure I play my games before then. And then once you guys pay me out my money, I'm going to be ready for the Carolina clash. And that's, that's, my, that's <laughs> there you go. That's my, my arcade. Joel, appreciate you joining me, man. And uh, this has been awesome. All right. We'll, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Gina. All right. Man. Really appreciate it. It was good talking to you. All right, man. All right. Thanks to Joel Wilburn for coming on. And, uh, Kind of talking to me a little bit about the league and let me uh, enlighten me a little bit more about how uh, how everything works. Uh, I'm now just a few days into playing some matches. I realize uh, that I'm uh, I'm kind of outclassed by some people uh, as far as Golden Team Mobile is concerned, but um, I'm having fun with it. May not play season eight. We'll see where that kind of falls in my Carolina Clash time, um, but and then after that, we'll see. As always, you can find me at the world's largest network of podcasts at iHeartRadio, always my preferred listening platform. Uh, go give it a like, share with a friend, please. We think uh, some of you mobile guys, if you got some friends that may like some Golden Tee Mobile content in their life, come give it to them. And uh, a lot of you guys have been reaching out to me here lately and telling me that uh, you've enjoyed some of my podcasts. And I have to say, I appreciate you guys. We're going to keep plugging this along for as long as uh, as long as I can keep uh, turning out content. You guys will hear from me. Um, coming up next week, we have uh, Van Hoosier and Bernsey will come back with me. We'll preview Nashville. Uh, we're still a few weeks away from that, but uh, I go on vacation right before Nashville. So um, I won't be able to get a podcast in that week. The week before that, however, you'll hear from me and Bernsey and Matthew Van Hoosier. Till next time. Guys, thanks for joining me. We'll see you later.